Yo, 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 what's going on, y'all? This is David Carmichael, and this is the Caption the World podcast. Part two. Episode two. Volume two. <laughs> um, this is David Carmichael again. We got my co host, Damian Britt. Yo, yo. And we got two new guests right here, my homies, AJ and Dwight. So what's been going on today, man? Um, what you do today? So Not really. Good, right? Context. <laughs> Context. Context. Yeah. Just come as your art today is, and that's just go for it. But do y'all know what today is, though? What's today? The 50th anniversary. Of what? Of what? Apollo 11 landed on the moon. Man, that was Man, right. AKA, was fake, bro. AKA Hollywood did they thing. I believe in a lot of uh, conspiracies. And the world is flat. The world's not flat. Kyrie said it. But it's some conspiracies that I believe are true. Everything that we <laughs> we've been taught over the years, I feel like everything, it's some lies in there. But hey, we gonna find out in uh, September when we start. Um, <laughs> Area fifty one. We. Yeah, oh, I'm in there. Oh well. Let me know how it is if you ever make it out. <laughs> <laughs> if I don't hear from you, then I know what happened. <laughs> you gonna be in Area fifty one. So yeah. Um, so yeah, man, this is our second episode. Um, Want to involve some more guests this time? Um, let's have a conversation going on right, right thanks now. Thanks for having us. No problem, yeah. man. Um, so we we got some things we want to talk about um, relating to basically, you know, fashion. Um, so basically, you know, everybody might have seen that Dapper Dan interview on the Breakfast Club. I think he did some other interviews too with um. We said uh, who else he interviewed with? Ebro. Yeah, and uh, I didn't see that one, but I know I seen the one on the Breakfast Club, and that was a real good interview, man. Um, it was a lot of good points that he was talking about him and Charlemagne, and um, from that interview, I kind of came up with like, you know, five questions. So, <clears throat> I guess the first one is, you know, why do y'all think there isn't like a black-owned luxury brand on the same level as like Gucci or Chanel, Versace? You know what I'm saying, like. What do y'all think? Um, people create their own, but I feel like people are afraid to take that leap and get others involved to make them into bigger, into a bigger brand. The only way that they become a bigger brand, or is if someone buys them out, say way how um, Rockefeller did, how Jay had sold it. Right. Um, you know, he had his own, but he sold it, so now it's he has nothing to do with it. Right. I well, back aware. Excuse me. Right. Um, I feel like it can come from just generational wealth. Like these brands didn't become who they are overnight. It's been like years and years of, you know, like doing what they're doing and building like a reputation. Like Gucci has a reputation of having good luxury quality, and the same as Versace and Chanel and any other luxury brand and most of them come from Europe we all know that majority well probably 100% of the luxury stuff comes from Europe Italy Europe I mean Italy and England and different places like that um, but I think it all comes down to 
having access to you know what you need to be able to build that brand and i think you know us us as black people we haven't had the opportunity to build something from we didn't you know something that's been around for about 50 years like a brand that's built that reputation i mean i feel like we're kind of coming on that in that direction now but it's gonna take some time to kind of build that reputation you know and, what i'm saying and um just to elaborate where you you left off i think because the lack of um the lack of our ability as black people to be included in these type of luxury brands i feel as though when black owned businesses such as um like uh, uh sean john or some of the other ones we right. mentioned before what they try to do is they try to include everybody because we have been excluded for so long right. which creates a non-luxury effect because if like everybody can get it if it's in Coles, if it's in jc pennies because if we want to get it to our people it devalues or it depreciates the value of the clothes whereas a luxury brand is it's something people are trying to achieve to get like right you want a bmw you just don't go out and get one you know what i'm saying right and i think that's what when Charlemagne asked that question i can't remember what exactly he asked but he was just basically saying like how come we if somebody just comes out with a a luxury brand if a black person comes out with a luxury brand with the same quality as a Gucci or a Versace, if you just support it, why doesn't it just blow up and be on that level? But I think what Dapper Dan was saying, he was just saying, you know, it takes time. Like, and also, you know, um, I mean, it's a lot of things. Um, it's just not gonna blow up overnight. And what Dapper Dan was saying, he wanted it to be global. If the reason that those brands might have might be who they are because everybody supports them. You can have a your own brand and only black people support you, but that's still not gonna get you global success. You still need those other races to support your brand. And I think that's what Dapper Dan was saying, but some people might say he's like a he's a sellout, he's not trying to cater to the black audience. But you know, you gotta make that global impact. You know what I'm saying? If you just if he just would have stayed in Harlem and just did his thing right there, he would have still been in Harlem. He had to take that that jump to work with Gucci to find out their secrets and learn what they're doing and how they got to where they at now, you know what I'm saying? So Yeah, and I think that's what um even though we're on Dapper Dan, I feel like that's what Kanye was saying a couple right. years back when he was asking for um different people to invest in him and people were like Look, Kanye, you have all this money, but the fashion world is is a completely different right. world than sports or music, entertainment, any of those those facets. I feel as though that as as African Americans or Black people, whatever you want to call us, we don't really have a foothold in that world, and we have people. Who are trying to make strides to do that, but they're basically laying down the, you know, the footwork, the groundwork for the younger generation behind them to be able to right. to do more in it, and that's why you see people like Dapper Dan working with the luxury brands, or you see Kanye 
working with Adidas instead of just having his own right easy line himself. And people say is they might think it's easy. Like some people might say, "Wait, well, how come Kanye just don't do his own Yeezy thing?" It's harder than what people are making it out to be. Like you need the major distribution to be able to make all those shoes, all your clothes. And him working with Adidas, they already have a reputation that's been around for like I don't know, thirty years, forty years, and they already have those those distributions and people that can make those that stuff in mass quantities and be able to get it to the people. But if he goes on his own, he doesn't have the money. He doesn't have the access to those those manufacturers to be able to do what he want to do. So, but, you know, hopefully over time he can, um, you know, learn, learn from what he's doing now. And one day he can branch off and do his own thing. And he can have his, you know, solely have his own black owned brand. You know what I'm saying? So, but I think with, you know, when you're referring to music, Music is global. Hip hop is global. Black people, it's not just black people that's buying, you know, hip hop music. People in China, people in America, all over the world are buying, you know, this music that we, we listen to all the time. So, and that's what all Dapper Dan was trying to say. I mean, I kind of agree with what he was saying. Um, like I said, fashions is real tricky anyway. Um, but you got to reach that global audience to do what you're trying to do so yeah and i think that's the um issue that a lot of people have well i'm not going to just say people i feel like the african-american community have is that we want to um cater to our community but let's be honest are we the ones that's actually uh making the those valid purchases to right. support one another and for us to grow we can't grow if you don't um if you don't purchase I mean, right. a shout out, uh, a retweet, or an Instagram post is cool, but purchasing and doing that is what's going to help and help help that business grow. Right. Um. So basically, like what we was talking about, we kind of kind of answered a little bit of question too. But my question for that is, you know, why do you, why do you think like you know those popular brands like Sean John, Fubu. Carl Kanai and like Rockaware faded away over time. Like they were real popular back in the day, but like for some reason, it's never lasted. It didn't have that lasting impact. How you know how Gucci's still around, Versace's still around. Why do you think you know those brands are not at that peak today? Um, me personally feel that those brands were at the peak because. <clears throat> Back in middle school and high school, people used to joke on you for having Rockaware and Shy Jai because they used to feel like Diddy was corny or the Rockaware jeans was real baggy. Right. And so they used to just joke on it. Like, for instance, uh, Beyonce is a, one of the probably like the most popular singers. Yeah. But when you talk about her clothing, they're, they don't support it. Yeah, because what she got, the Ivy Park, you know? Um, she That's has the Ivy I, Park um, under under um, under Adidas now. But at Adidas first, right. she had right. De Leon, I think. That's what it was, De Leon. Well, and then... Um, De Leon or De Leon? De Leon, yeah. And... um baby fat? Uh, Simmons. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was... That was and that, that was alongside with uh, Fat oh. Farm. Right, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah Russell Simmons, yeah. Yeah, that was alongside with Fat Farm. But those didn't... 
they didn't really grow. Right. I don't know. Is it the names or is it the the look, the design? I think when it comes to luxury, bro, it all comes down to is it accessible? If it's too accessible, it's not going to have like a luxury appeal to it. Like, okay, you got some baby fat jeans. I can just go to Macy's or JCPenney to get them jumps. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't have that rare. It's not rare. It's not, it's easy to get. If it's hard to get, it's going to increase in value. That's how it is with anything. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, but I don't know if they had access to better quality. And I'm not saying the quality was trash, trash, but it wasn't on no luxury, luxury level. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, that's probably why, you know, why I can say why I didn't yeah, come something else. And I, I think that it wasn't their intent to make luxury brands. I think they were trying to go for more of a, just a black brand. Right. Because that was more so, I feel like around the time where we actually started being able to utilize like our culture more as far as hip hop. Right. So I felt as though they were using their platform to just create a clothing line and not necessarily focus on luxury. I could be wrong, but to me, I mean, if you want a luxury, if you want to hide something from somebody, you're not going to put it where everybody can get it. Right. But that doesn't also mean that the quality is also great just because it's accessible. They could have the same quality, um, Gucci and Sean John, but just because I can have more access to Sean John doesn't mean that that it's a lesser quality than Gucci. Right. Who who says who says that or who knows that? Maybe maybe with it a T shirt, but you could also order another T shirt that you might not be able to find or something of that sort. I mean, just just from going to uh, the Gabe's down the street, right. we found a lot of stuff that's, if you go in there and get it from Nike, it'd be like $40, $50. But it's like, why? Is it just the, the name of the brand that you don't see half the time when you're wearing it? You know? Like a Nike tag in, inside of my shirt, does it does it qualify it being $40 more than the, the shirt it gave that's 5 after a while, that does happen with brands. Brands do have lesser quality and go off of the right. of the name, the name and and they know that they can do that because they know because the the time they put in. So it's saying, all right, rather than putting rather than giving the customer eighty five percent good quality, you know what? I'm gonna probably give you mm, probably give you about sixty percent good quality. Right. So you're getting the same. That you could probably get somewhere else that you only spend twenty dollars for or even fifteen dollars for, but you're not probably gonna go for that because just because it doesn't have that that luxury name or that brand name that you're used to. I feel that a lot of a lot of us are guilty of doing that just because that's what we want. So right. I, I want that Gucci, I want that Louis or Versace or whatever it is because um other people that we probably see on the TV screen or hearing, hearing music glorify those type of brands. Right. Uh, I'm pretty sure for the past couple of years that Balenciaga stock has went up 
Yeah, because due to the references in the songs and all that stuff. Yes, and especially on um, Instagram with the, the slip-on sneakers. Right. Um, and that's become a trend. That has become a very big trend. Slip on where flare. Every luxury brand has a slip-on shoe. Where you know people have been doing slip-on shoes for a very long time, especially that style. Right. But when Balenciaga just put their brand on it, it's, oh, that's what's cool. That's what looks good. And if I get a brand that who's been doing it before, then it's, no, nah, that's not cool. Um, yeah. I think the problem that maybe a lot of us have is, like, a lot of these luxury brands are using hip-hop to elevate to a, I won't say a different audience, but they're catering more to streetwear. So it's like they're catering to it and they're making a killing off of it. So how come somebody that's, I guess, from that culture, how come they can't just create their own and do the same thing that they're doing? They're from the culture. So why can't they just do that, that same thing? You know what I'm saying? I think it's because like the most, most of the people who are interested in luxury brands are people who didn't really, I ain't gonna say they didn't have anything, but the streets, they popularize it because they come from, you know, low income areas where it's like, that was a, a sign of wealth right. if you had it. So it's it's like, okay, well, how can I show people that I've made it? Right, status symbol. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, like, like we said before, could that be the same with Sean John? because everybody can get it. Right. It's it's very accessible. But yeah. I, I do think we have to find a way to, I guess, create more of a bridge so where we can be compensated for basically contributing to their, I mean, their economic status. Like, Gucci is popular because the rappers, the ballers, like, the entertainers, people with money in our culture wear it. And we look to them because we see a little bit of, you know, ourselves in them. We want to be like them one day. Right. We want to be the Jay-Z's, the Diddy's, you know, the Master P's of the world. We see them wearing this stuff. We think that that's associated with being great. Right. So would you think that because when I looked up Dapper Dan, I read his story. I you know looked up some documentaries about him, and you know he said he ran his boutique in Harlem, and he would like make like counterfeit, um, you know items that replicated those brands as far as Gucci, Versace, whatever. But our people didn't even know about those luxury brands back then, so he kind of introduced that luxury styles to the black community. Because we wasn't wearing that stuff before him. I mean, from what I've researched, you know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like he he became an icon because of that. Even though he got, you know, banned for a long time. For that, they kind of caught up to him, sued him and all that. And eventually, they reached back out to him and wanted to be a part, have a partnership. But he introduced that lifestyle to us. Like, nobody was really wearing those luxury brands until then. Like, he had, like, you know, Salt and Pepper to rock him and Eric B. And all those, you know, old school rappers wearing that stuff. 
and it kind of, you know, trickled down to the 90s rappers, 2000s rappers, and then the rappers we have today. So it's kind of like he kind of created that reputation of, you know, black entertainers wearing that luxury, you know, those luxury brands. So it's kind of like a, a gift and a curse, you know what I'm saying? Because he kind of introduced that that luxury fashion to us. And now it, over time it became a, a status symbol to have those things because from what I looked up, you know, he kind of, he sold his counterfeit stuff more than the actual brand itself. You know what I'm saying? So he was making a killing off of it. So I don't know. I'm not saying I'm blaming him for how the culture is now as far as how we look at the way we buy things. We look to, you know, let's see if I can spend more money and get this. And I know that the girl's going to be on me if I get this, this type of brand. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know, man. It's a gift and a curse, you know, at the same time. But, um, I mean, that's the, that's the way it is now. So, it's not really, well, I didn't include this question, but, you know, you have some black designers that's, you know, um, kind of making a name for themselves. Like I said, you have, you know, you have Virgil. He's um, the creative director of um, Louis Vuitton. And then he has his own brand, Off-White. Um, you have Jerry Lorenzo. He has the Fear of God brand. Um, both of them have collaborations with Nike. You know, they're making a name for themselves. Um, can you see, do y'all see those brands kind of being on that level one day of, uh, you know, of Gucci, you know, Prada, Louis Vuitton one day? I feel as though it's kind of more closer to a Jordan brand. Like how Jordan's yeah. under Nike. Or Nike, yeah. But it's like it's its own entity almost right but it will always kind of be like that uh parent child relationship so i i think at the most it could get to that level but i don't really see it going beyond that unless they take what they learn building that brand and doing something else with it right right so i mean i understand what you're saying about it seems like most of those brands are like under, it's kind of like you have your own label. So like <laughs> how you have like Dreamville or Young Money, it's like, it's their own label, but it's still under a major label. Like Young Money's under Universal. Right. And Rock Nation's under, um, I believe it's, I can't, I can't remember what's the parent company of Rock Nation. Well, you got, I'm going to say Dreamville is under Rock Nation, which is under, I think, something else. Or maybe Rock Nation is own major distribution. Yeah. But anyway, it's like kind of related to that. Um, I don't know, man. It's real tricky, man, because even with, you know, the Dapper Dan interview, he was like, well, Charlamagne mentioned Virgil, and he was like, does Virgil even own off-white and nobody really knew like what you mean he on off-white but it's a lot of things that we think people own that don't really own it like people think diddy owns Ciroc. he does not own Ciroc. he's more of a brand ambassador of Ciroc. you know what i mean um not to discredit what he's doing for Ciroc. he's making 
you know, a good fortune from him, you know, associating himself with that brand. But it's it kind of seems like how come we always have to be under somebody? Like, how come when would it get to a point where we would eventually branch off to our own? Just like when Charmaine was asking, you know, you with Gucci, when are you going to make your Dapper Dan brand? We're we going to support that. And then Dapper Dan kind of replied and said, I need that global distribution. So that kind of goes into my next question. Well, I, I just want to elaborate on that. Uh, I think what Dapper Dan was trying to say was, like, we have to put the time in. When, when we get something like a brand, we want or our um, supporters want us to just have everything now. And if we want to do it the right way, it won't happen overnight. Right. So I think that's what he meant by like having global distribution. If he can't reach the entire world, he won't be able to make the infrastructure to produce the level of um, achievement he's trying to achieve or level of success he's trying to achieve. That's true because, you know, we look at these luxury brands and we forget that they had to start somewhere too. I mean, granted, you know, they're owned by white people, of course, and they might have a lot. They might have had a lot more connections even back then. Uh-huh. And I mean, we was we we're always catching up from years and years and years. Black people have always had to catch up. Always had to play catch up, you know. And even relate to generational wealth, even with just white people in general, they already have a head start because of old money. Old money is a real thing. You have generations of families that have money that can just keep passing it down from family to family. Our president is a product of that. He had a dad that was, I don't know if his dad was a billionaire, but, I'm pretty, but he was a millionaire at least. Already had money. Donald Trump is his son. Inherited that money. Did his thing with it. I mean, I'm, I'm, he's still a businessman. He's a good businessman. And he took what his dad gave him and made his own thing. Mm. And I'm pretty sure his sons will do the same thing. And that relates to those luxury brands too because those luxury brands were started by people that's not even alive now. Mm. That they started something, they had the connections, and then whoever took it over back then made it to what it is now. So it's like we've always been playing catch-up. So basically... Mm-hmm. We just have to build something now and just keep adding to it. It has to build a reputation. You have to add to it. Nothing's going to blow up overnight. Yeah. I think that's what a lot of us don't, a lot of us as the black community don't understand. You can say we're going to, you can have the same quality or whatever. You're going to support it. Okay. That's cool. But it's just like planting the seed. Like you're not going to get the fruits of what you planted. Right until the next harvest. The next harvest could almost be a whole nother life cycle. Like you probably won't see the success of your brand capture the world. Right. But your children or your children's children could reap the benefits. And that's contributing to generational wealth. Yeah. And I can relate I mean I can say I can relate, but I can relate. I can understand what you're saying because people will say, Well well damn, Dapper Dan is seventy four He's he's up there in age. What happens if he passed away? Um, 
what would happen then. But in the interview, I heard, you know, he has his son on board. So to me, I just I think he's not really worried about getting it out there when he's alive. Mm-hmm. He just wants to build that foundation now. Like, hopefully he can live another 10, 15 years and get all that info he can out of the situation he's in with Gucci and just build that, get that information and pass it down to his son and whoever else is involved. And I mean, they can pass, and they can build, they can make something out of what he taught them. And look, look how long it took him. Like, he's in his 70s. Right. But before, they were trying to shut him down. That's not, so imagine if it didn't shut him down. He might, he might have had. You might have a Dapper Dan luxury brand if he didn't, because I think what happened in the 80s, he was doing his thing. In the 90s, he was kind of shunned from the fashion industry. Well, he was on the ground. He was on the ground, yeah. He was on the ground. And then, like, it wasn't even, it's like recently, probably like a couple of years ago, he's had a collaboration with Gucci. Yeah. So it took him that long to even get to that level. And who knows how many of his designs they were already using before they started to collaborate. You know, they possibly. I don't know for sure. They probably collaborated him because they ran out of ideas. Right. Of his ideas that he had, had from decades ago. That's what I'm so, saying. So, I mean, that's the, the dual-edged sword of working with these uh, a brand within a brand is that when they don't need you, they can kind of just get rid of you or minimize your success. Right. But when they want you, you have to take kind of have to, have to take the opportunity because getting your foot in the door is, is priority number one. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's even as hard as it is to even get in the door. Yeah. So once you get in the door, you're like, all right, I'm in the door. You don't want to mess it up. You got to deal with this bullshit. Right. It's just like a job that you don't really mess with your job, but you know that it might have, it, it probably is like a high level job that most people can't get. And you got your foot in the door, but you realize it's some BS with it. But you're like, all right, I know I can learn a lot from this position. I'm going to just do what I can do while I'm here, then maybe I can move on. And that goes into my next question relating to um, Dapper Dan and Gucci again. Um, do you think Dapper Dan should have left Gucci after that, that blackface sweater incident? Because I'm going to say what Dapper Dan replied when – I think when Charlamagne asked me that question, um, from what I heard, what he was saying, he was basically saying, like, man, they made a mistake, but I'm just trying to, you know, stick it out and get what I can get out of them and then just do my own thing after that. Yeah, I mean, let's say you're putting in a, a 30-, 40-year-old plan and one mistake like that, would you – want to erase 30, 40 years of what you've been doing to make a stand. Right. You can make a stand, your own personal stand, when you've established yourself. I think, to be honest with you, I think there's a little bit of racism wherever you go. No Um, matter where you go. So, yeah, it was wrong, but I gotta look at the big picture sometimes, too. Um, And I don't, I don't blame him for wanting to stay. I mean, because he can make bigger changes within his community if he stays and builds his brand from within. Right. Then him saying, okay, well, 
I don't want to support Gucci anymore. I'm not going to work with Gucci. It's collaboration. Because who's going to support him? Who's going to pick up that collaboration with him? Who's going to do that? Right. Because, you know, I think today, people don't want to support something unless it's been, like, it's controversial or how he talked about. True. But Dapper Dan's been doing this grind for years. And, I mean, a lot of us still don't know everything that he's gone through get where he is now so I really can't tell a man what you should do based on something I learned you know last year which we already thought Gucci you know what I'm saying it's it's a white like you said earlier it's a European based company right most I mean Europeans invented slavery for the most part as far as we know in the western culture so I'm pretty sure there's some remnants of you know, blackface still that they do that. And I think the problem that people had with him was, you know, they would say like, bro, was you in the room? When they, like, what is the process for them to make designs go through? Like, I guess they kind of blame him for like, you're in this position at Gucci. How did that sweater get through the assembly line and went out the door to be a product. Like, did you not see that? And that's something that we would never know. And I don't think he really answered that question when it was asked. I think he just was just saying, like, man, it's a mistake. But I'm really curious to know if he really saw that blackface sweater. Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I would think, I would really want to know what he thought if he actually, like, they put that on his table. He was like, yeah, we're going to make this sweater. I don't know if he saw it or not, but if he did see it, he could have made modifications that could have saved a lot of time. Right. Like, I don't know if people would have said it was blackface if they didn't put the lips on it with the right. red lips. I think that's what it was. They could have just made it like just a black jump, a black hoodie kind of fleece thing that comes up to your face right. with no facial expressions on it, no facial features on it. And like, that would have solved a lot of issues, right. honestly. And what would you think, what if it just made that part, that red part, like a different color, like, you know, Gucci colors are what, green and um, red. If it just would have made it green, would that have, you know what I'm saying, like the red and the black, you just, yeah. all the people don't think blackface, but if it just would have used like green as another color with the black, would you even have to even thought of that? Or like, why does it even have to be black? It could be green and red. That's true too. You know, right? Not, like, they'll do. They have a lot of designs just green and red. Now, my question is: Did they come out with other colors other than the black and red? I thought they had to. I mean, normally when you go to a design process, like I said, I never worked for a fashion company or nothing, but I would think they would have multiple. Um, designs or different colorways first because I mean when the story came out it was blackface but no one ever mentioned or where I looked no one ever said well they also have it in green or they have it in blue or right. red it was kind of like it was it was the black one with the red lips right so I mean that that kind of looks a little funny but that's why we have to get people like Dapper Dan, more people like Dapper Dan in these luxury brands. 
True. Because they'll be at all levels. I don't know where Dapper Dan was as far as in the process of creating everything. It's no way he could see every single Yeah, because we don't even know how much of a foot he has in the company. We don't. I mean, we assume that he's just at every meeting, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, just in the mix all the time, but we don't know that. We would like them to be there, but right. pretty sure he's not. Probably not. No, they just probably give him like a little bit of leeway, and he just trying to do the best he can do with what he got. Yeah, what's his title? I do not know. I should probably look that up. Yeah, we, we should figure out what his title is, because I feel like sometimes you put too much responsibility on one person to to kind of like change everything. Right. You know, I do, uh, not to go on a tangent, but uh, July 4th, Nike pulled their uh, their Betsy Ross shoes. Saying that, because they had the original uh, American flag on the yeah. 13 colonies. Yeah, Colin Kaepernick, you know, he he spoke out about it. So we, we do know that if you have that type of influence, period, you, it doesn't matter how close you are, you can still reach and make a difference. Right. So. I mean, but what do you think about that, though? Do you think that was a good idea to pull those shoes away? Well, yeah, because uh, from what I remember, Betsy Ross had a lot of slaves, and we're celebrating independence, but we're bringing out a shoe that reminds us or reminds a group of people in that country that this was a time when you were enslaved. Right. So. Yeah, I mean. And Nike's always been great about, you know, righting wrongs, apologizing. True. So, and they've, they've done very, a lot of inclusive um, sportswear with um, the hijab. Yeah. The Nike right. hijab. So, it's like they, they're very interested in in so, openness, open-mindedness. Right. And supporting different causes. Yeah. You know, even with the Colin Kaepernick thing, they're supporting that. Um, you know, you got the pride thing, they got the pride thing, you know. Um, uh, and and uh, like you just said with that. And, yeah, Nike's done a pretty good job. They know, like, they'll, if something looks wrong, they'll correct it right away. And, um, I mean, it happens. I mean, you're not going to get it right all the time. Um, but I don't know. This is a really in- interesting topic. But I looked it up. Um, basically, he part in 2017. Dapper Dan partnered with the Gucci CEO, and um, they just doing like a a partnership of a men's wear line. And I've seen a couple of pieces from the Dapper Dan Gucci collaboration. Um, I don't know what else he's doing past that, but that's all I can find for right now. But you know, let's hope he can get what he can get from it and if he's not able to ice alive do his own thing mm-hmm. hopefully his his son or whoever is involved can carry that legacy on and that feels though okay if he's involved with the, the men's line he probably didn't see the women's line mm-hmm. which was the blackface was a part of if I'm correct right so I mean it's it's things like that too now could he have spoke to the CEO and said hey this isn't a good idea yeah, right. it's also possible that they probably would have ignored him as well because it's not it's not in that division. True. 
you know how sometimes you tell your boss something and say, oh, yeah, we'll look into it. All the time. They never look into it. (laughs) Yeah. That's how it is. It's the same anywhere you go. Um, I mean, but overall, I just, you know, I'm hoping that he can, um, you know, whatever he plans to do, I'm hoping he can do that and then, you know, kind of create that um, beginning point. Of you know, he's the beginning of actually getting that our you know the African African American community to get that information to be able to provide for ourselves and have our own luxury brand. And like I said, you have um Virgil, he's young, younger than Dapper Dan, and um, I mean he's doing big things now. So I feel like the sky's the limit for him. And yeah, I think Kanye mentioned that him and Virgil had to like study in overseas and in uh, France for a while. Right. To just learn about the different fragments and stuff. So it's not like we have people who are just like, hey, I want to get into the industry. They're actually taking time studying with top designers and and actually learning their craft before they produce, you know, whatever uh designs they have. Right. So I mean, you can talk all day about that, man. It's a ongoing conversation. Yeah, I like it. It's cool. But I feel like we're now we're actually making um, a good, you know, track record of actually becoming having a black brand that's on that level of a, like I said, Gucci or Versace or whatever, Louis Vuitton. Um, I just think, like I said, it takes longevity, it takes time, and then we'll get there. You know, just gotta. Um, He's supporting those people. Because you got, you got um you know, Power Malls. That's another brand, luxury brand, black. I believe that's black-owned. I don't know if that's under a parent company or not. But you have a lot of the other brands, too. Black black well, black designers that's leading that. I don't, I'm not going to say who owns what. But a lot of black designers that's doing their thing as well. So hopefully they can become something great, too. Brand black has black designers? Brand black? Yeah. Is that what you said earlier? Mm, I don't think I said oh, that. Okay. I thought yeah. I heard you say that. Uh, no, I said prior, prior, prior Moss. That's oh, what okay. I said, yeah. Um, so that leads on to my fourth question. Um, something that we probably think about or talk about all the time. Do you think the black community supports each other enough? Or do we, do we rely too much on our own selves to support each other? You know what I'm saying? Because we always say black-owned business. Okay, I feel like, oh, I'm a black-owned business. You're black. You should support me because I'm a black-owned business. Or does that really, does that backfire on us? Because we just rely on black people to support us. But if all black people support us, you're still not going to be on that higher level because it's more, it's more than black people in the world. So it's like, what do you really think we should be saying or is it more to it than just supporting each other? Should we try to get that other crowd too? You know, what is it? I think initially when you provide a service or a product, the goal is to provide something that everybody can use because then you can market it on a on a higher level. Right. If it's something only black people can use, that's cool. But what if they don't use that one thing anymore? Then 
your your source of income will decrease. Um, what I've noticed is that in other communities, like um, some of the Asian communities, they they got a lot more Chinese food. Everybody goes get Chinese food or right. the nail shop. And all the women or even men get their nails done to a certain degree, and it is not race exclusive or it's really race inclusive because everybody needs to maintain everybody needs to eat everybody needs to get their their uh their laundry done everybody right. needs um to get their uh, laundry clean yeah. so it's like if you provide these services where it's a human thing a human necessity or human want not like just a black one then you'll be successful you can market through your own people first and then expand because I do find as time goes on that we become more conscious and more aware that we need to support each other right so I do see um, an effort to uh, push that I think you were at uh, on Juneteenth you right. were at like a kind of like an expo or something right yeah it was just um a black business event there's plenty of black businesses that supporting each other um just saying what we have to offer and just saying how we can help i have just, some, some questions about that yeah uh, did you see people there supporting the black businesses outside of black people no it was probably five white people in there and it was probably like 99 percent black from the same white. And yeah, you know, I don't know. And did you did you feel like that was beneficial or did you feel the support of your own community? I feel like I mean I made a good amount of money at that event. Um but I just think that not to like, you know, be big headed, but I think people really like the story of my brand and that kind of bought them in. Um, but I don't know if you know it was, it was just that event. I think everybody was just was just hyped to be able to be a part of an event that had a lot of black businesses. But outside of that, I don't know if that same energy would you know pick up like that. It was just an event that was hyped up, not hyped up in a bad way, like it was overrated. Yeah. But it's like I don't know if that um, success carried on after that event. You know what I'm saying? I think. They have another one coming up too. They do, and I'm being I'm part of part of that too. I'm just trying to do what I can do. Whatever is out there, I'm just like, let me be part of that. Let me get some dibs on that. Did you see any like um I guess what's the word I'm looking for? Did you see any of that, um, any of your sales kinda go beyond go beyond just that that initial day at the uh Black businesses rally or event? Nah, it was just it was just that day. That day, and I think that happens at any vendor event. I think for me, I'm still a small brand. I can't expect people just to buy my stuff online, like like that. You know what I'm saying? I think people. I'm still in the stage where people just need to see it. People need to see who I am. Hear me talk. Hear me explain my story, and. That brings them in every time. But, I mean, promoting and marketing on social media, 
I'm still doing it. I still have to do that. But I feel like now is is I still have to expand and keep meeting people in person. Like that's that's working for me. And I gotta keep doing these vendor events because I can promote online all I want, but they never met me. I gotta build my reputation up. You gotta build your reputation in person as well as doing it online. We cannot suspect for you just to put a shirt online and think people are gonna buy it. They have to meet you, talk to you, hear your story, hear what you came from. Right. So it's kind of like you're doing a little bit of everything because you're like the the brand ambassador, the CEO, and you're basically the uh, I guess marketing is kind of brand ambassador, but right. you're doing basically everything. Pretty much, and like I said on the last episode, you know, I got this internship I got out now. Um, just trying to get people on board and make the internship a fun internship. Like, it's a journey. Like, I'm coming into this thing. Like, I'm not no big business. Like, I'm going to be transparent with you. I need your help, and you might need my help. We can both help each other. Like, give me some expertise on what you're doing in college. I never went to college for fashion school. I didn't do none of that. You know what I'm saying? I thought I wanted to be an engineer. You know, and like I said, my dad kind of got me into the clothing game and he inspired me to just want to, you know, make that, make his brand that he passed down to me something. I thought the name itself carries on for a long time. And I just want to, you know, just bring people in and just, you know, just learn from each other. It's not just me thinking that I'm just all that because I made a lot of money at a, black business pop-up shop like no i still got learning to do like i'm very and i feel like i can be i'm very humble and i want to learn all the time how can i improve my my business you know what i'm saying what can i do to take it to the next level i feel like i'm not really afraid of failure i feel like if i can just whatever i can do to make it better i'm gonna do it and research and find out what i can do so yeah you still know Right. Most of these people that we're talking about now, like uh, Virgil, Kanye, they're late. I think Virgil. I think Virgil's like his his late thirties, and um, Jerry's like in his early forties, and um, you say Kanye, right? Kanye's in his forties too. So it's like I still got a good fifteen years. You know, to get to where they at, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, it's it's no panic mode for me at all, bro. I'm good. Like, I just know I got a lot of learning to do. It's, and I enjoy the process. I said that on the last episode. I enjoy the process. Um, this learning is just fun to me. Like, researching YouTube videos or just advice I get from my friends and family. It's like, I mean, you know, I appreciate whoever gave me advice. I just want to take that in and just do what I can do. Yeah, you should listen to your friends. You got some smart ones. I do. <laughs> I do listen to y'all, man. Like it might take me a while to do certain things, but I feel like for me, I have to research it and make sure I'm doing it right. I guess it's not gonna be 100 percent right, no matter how much I research. There's gonna be a point to where I just need to just do it, but I still want to just know a little bit of what I'm doing before I just throw it out there. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the internship is a good idea. I'm glad you're doing that one. Yeah. If anything, you yeah. definitely need help. <laughs> definitely need help. You know, like 
you gotta um, come to a point where you can't do it by yourself. So, I mean, I realized that. I just wanted to make sure I had everything I needed to have, and it's still I still feel like some things that I left out. But I feel like it's not a it's not a point to where it's like a lot of stuff is left out. I can just add bits and pieces, you know, to it now. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I don't think I'm stubborn. I think I I think I listen to people that give me advice. I think I can I can filter out what's like some BS and what's really and what can really help me mm-hmm. or, what I, or what I can try to improve my business. Um, but yeah, man, it's just it's a journey, man. And it's a a beautiful journey, and that's just business in general. You got to be patient. Um, you gotta you know be willing to stick it out. You might have some days where you're not making no sales. I mean, you just gotta remember like. Whoever you look up to, they did not. They did. They didn't do it overnight. You might think they did because all you did was research the part where they became who they are now. Like in social media, they don't really show you the the failures. They only show you when they succeed. So right, but why did why would it why why would they do that? That's not entertaining to most people. Well, I don't know. I mean, everybody want to see. Everybody want to see when it's where is that now. Yeah, and we we as like a society, that's what we push. Right. We don't we don't push our failures, but our failures are like our greatest learning lessons. That's what I'm saying, man. And that's what Dapper Dan was saying. He was saying, "Do your research. Do you know what? Do you do you really know what you're talking about? Do you really know the full story of wherever you're following or whatever?" you know, you're looking up to, do you really know the full story? Do your research. That's all he was saying. Do your research and then come back to the table and talk to me. You know what I'm saying? That's what he was kind of telling Charlemagne. Because Charlemagne didn't, I ain't say he didn't know what he was talking about fully, but he was going off of what he heard. He was going about what he heard. He didn't do no research. Overall, he didn't. You know what I'm saying? You got to do your research. You got to know what you're talking about. You got to read. You got to look stuff up. To have a conversation about anything. I still think you should read Shoe Dog, by the way. I feel like, but we'll get, I do. We'll, we'll get back to that. <laughs> hey, look, man, one thing at a time, but look, definitely, I'm going to get to it. Trust me. You know what I'm saying? He said it here, y'all. <laughs> but in the comments, read Shoe Dog. No, nah, I'm going to get to it. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's a lot, though. But, you know, I I feel like I'm, I'm always open to hearing people. Because... You know, I can't do it by myself. And I I don't have the capacity. My brain doesn't have the capacity to think of everything. You know what I'm saying? You have a team. You always want to have a team. You need a team. Mm-hmm. You know, you always want to have that person that's in the spotlight. But everybody has a team. You know, Mark Zuckerberg has a team. You know, Steve Jobs had a team. Um, you know, whoever else you look up to had a team that presented something to the table. But they're going to be the ones that are looked at there in the spotlight. But everybody has a team. You know, Michael Jordan had a team, man. He wasn't on the court by himself playing against five people. You know what I'm saying? But he's considered the greatest player of all time, but he had a team. Yeah. So you just got to realize that, you know. And um, just know you can't do it by yourself. You need people on your side to help you out. So that's what it's all about, too. Just to be open to new ideas and to not think you know everything. Because you don't. No matter how great you think you are. Jordan, Jordan needed Scottie Pippen. Shaq and Kobe needed each other. They was both great players. Both won MVPs. 
Mm-hmm. It's just that's, that's how, how life is, is man. So, I mean, Golden State Warriors, you know, that's all we do. Team oriented, right? So, so team basketball. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, man. Um, I don't know. This is a great conversation, man. For real. Yeah, it is, and like you said, we can talk about this forever. You can like. It's, it never ends, bro. You can have so many different opinions, so many different ways of looking at a certain situation. I just can't wait till we have like that black luxury uh, brand where yeah. like, one day we can be like, remember when this didn't exist? Right. And it's getting there. I mean, I believe it is. The way that, like, it's been since the fear of gods, they are automatic sellouts. Yeah. Um, the, um, as far as the shoes sell out and um, the Yeezys are always selling out mad fast so it's it's crazy because it's like those, that's our people doing that true so just imagine when they get their own like luxury brand they could do they could replicate that because it's really them it is. creating that it's always been us though it is. It's, it's always been us. No matter whether we really we didn't own those brands, but we it's always been us that was the driving force of that luxury because we made it popular. And it's like it's a shame that we don't have our own. Like why don't we have our own? We made it popular. It's just it's just a struggle. So, I have a question. Mm-hmm. Do you think that they're re-releasing some of the Yeezys? Because they're trying to diminish its value. Because mm. if you diminish its value, are you diminishing his influence? See, See that, that was, was a problem, problem that people was really upset about, about when they were saying they was going to release more, uh, more quantities. What you're saying? Yeah, like they're right. they're coming back out with the uh, the Wave Runners seven hundreds. Right. So that's that was a really popular shoe, and it's like. Well, now I spent, like, some people spent $1,500 right. on these shoes, and it's like... Now they, they bring them back out, and it's probably easier to get them for retail? Yeah. Right. So now it's like people wasting their money, and it's now the, the value of the shoe is being readjusted, which means right. he won't, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, honest, I get it. I, I, don't, I don't know if they did it on purpose, but cause and effect. Yeah. So, if his shoes are everyday shoes, you can catch them in Ross. If TJ, you know, TJ Maxx, will his brand have the same impact? Will he be able to get to that level quicker? Right. Or at the pace he's at now, if that occurs. I mean, if I'm Adidas, it's not hurting me because the shoes are selling. Right. But it would definitely hurt a designer who is trying to break away from me yeah i mean we we all know why those other black owned brands didn't last it was easy it was easy access even though you know i would say kanye's brand is better quality than those black brands that were popping back then but i feel like it still leads down to being accessible you know what i'm saying like just I see, I mean, for, to me, I feel like I've seen, I see a lot more people with Yeezys now than what I did maybe a year or two ago. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know. I mean, it's like a give or take. Like, I mean, they've also, they've come, came out with ways to 
to make it more affordable too. Like on the um the Go app, yeah, you can you can uh, do installment like payments installment. Like you could do mm. 12, 12 months, yeah, or you can do four months or not four months but four weeks, yeah, of payments. So if I'm a regular Joe schmo, I can afford that, so I can pay the shoes off. So right. within four or five months, I can have about six, seven pair. That's true, man. It's just, I don't know. I find the fashion industry is crazier than ever. And I, I say that because it's like more, it's a mix now. It's like, it's not just luxury and streetwear. Like back in the day, it was like your Rockwear, Sean John's. It's kind of like a mix. Like, it's like Sean John meets Gucci, but now it's just off white meets. Like on that, you know what I'm saying? On that level of you know, Louis Vuitton, off-white, it's like kind of slightly merging together. Mm-hmm. So it's like, would that, would this last for a while? Is this a trend? Or is it here to stay? Streetwear slash luxury? It's like, I like it though. I like it. You know what I'm saying? It's like you can still wear your sweatpants with your whatever t-shirt, but it's a high-quality shirt with some high-quality sweatpants. You don't gotta wear no blazer and no nice um, dress shoes. It's like I got my Fear of God Nikes. That's three fifty. That's good quality shoes. They still basketball sneakers, but I'm still fly. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's crazy now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's a new age. That's just I feel like that's just contributed to the fact that there's just so many different brands out there, mm-hmm. and like you know you can wear. You can wear sneakers with suits. That's more popular now. Than, True. Than you, it's ever been. So if if you can wear s- sneakers with suits, Concords and tuxedos. Yeah. Like, so. All right. I don't know, man. It's just like I said, we can talk about this forever, man. Um, might have to have like a part two of this this little you know conversation. Yeah, I, I definitely want to do more research. Yeah. Just to fact check a lot of things, because um, it it goes from like a span of like 30, 40 years. Yeah. Just with the Dapper Dan topic, we're not even talking about the new age designers. Right. Like I would definitely learn more about Virgil, um, more about Kanye, because I mean, about most of his shoes, about most of his music, but just his journey. I feel like it's very misunderstood. Right. But I think he's been putting in a lot of work. He is. Where he's at. And he's, um, he's very dedicated and he really wants to do what he wants to do. And even from like these 90s designers, like, you know, Damon John that had Fubu, you had Carl Kanai, um, you know, we had Jay Z with the Rockwear that wasn't considered luxury, even Sean John. Mm-hmm. But you can still learn something from them and, you know, certain things that why did they do certain things? But maybe it was because it is they just couldn't do it. Like it wasn't like why you didn't do it, you just couldn't do it. It was a different They wouldn't let you win. Yeah, it was a different time. They just they probably didn't let them in. They might have wanted to make that more of a luxury thing, but they just didn't have that access. And then now we finally got to that point where we have Virgil and Jerry and other people, so and that's what it is. So So yeah, man, so I think that's a wrap, man. Anything else you want to talk about? 
Nah, I mean, uh, did you have any like questions for me, personally? Uh, not right now, but you know, if I do, I just you know provide on the next episode. I definitely I guess you on again. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, we got plenty of episodes to go. It's only episode two, but you know we got plenty to go. You know, plenty to come. So just look forward to you know talking again, man. All right, well, this is David Carmichael. This is the Caption of the World podcast. We got Dwight Wilson. Dwight Wilson. My boy, AJ. Cook that shit up, Quay. We out. We out. Oh, my gosh. Back at it again. In the kitchen, whipping. I'm rapping again. Whipping. Keep on playing, bitch, then I'm stabbing your friend. Woo. I'm in the hood, they think I'm back trapping again. Trapping. Oh, oh my gosh, back at it again. Hey, all my grizzly niggas, that's back in again. Hey, hey, big up all that on me, backpacking again. Hey, keep a quarter on me, backpacking the bins. Cash, cash. Uh, back at it, back at it, uh. Count up a hundred, the rest at it, uh. Yeah, my wrist, a Titanic, uh. Ice at the glacier, it do damage. Ice. Uh, yeah, your nigga gon' panic. I see through a panic like a panoramic.